0: Hey, good morning again. Uh, it's good to be with you um, again. I'm Charlie, the lead pastor here, and this is what's your name? Mark. Mark. Mark Powell Freeman, our executive pastor. Really, uh, I, I had not forgotten your name. Don't look at me like that. Um, and uh, really glad you guys are here. We've been doing parables for the last for the last few weeks. I think six six weeks in a row. Do you have anything fun this weekend? Yeah, I man. You you did you did some, you did something that if you were preaching just you you would tell the story well, because you're from Decor- yeah, yeah what 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 did, what did you, what did you do what is the one thing that you did that'd be like
1: what'd you do? You didn't set me up to. I didn't. I I, I, was, I would. I just cool assume cool. you had.
0: I just assume you had something. Did you do bottle I almost rocket? Shot
1: skeet yesterday. You what? I almost shot skeet.
0: You almost shot like yeah, like they were they were there they and, were
1: and you. Oh. Okay. But I decided to okay. just swim with the twins. Okay, gotcha, but, cool. yeah, that would have been a good story. Uh,
0: we did nothing. We did nothing yesterday. We're, we're incredibly lame, but in all the best ways. So so we've been doing this thing about parables, and what a parable is, we talked about this when we started several weeks ago, and we're doing this, we're going to be doing this for a few more weeks, and so what we decided to do, since we're kind of making this a, a longer series, is like more, more than what we normally would, is kind of make sure that we're all on the same page about what it is we're learning, what we're doing, why we're doing this, Um, especially in in a situation where things are just a lot more erratic than what they uh, usually are. And so we talked about this, a parable, it's one of these things that's like, you know, it's one of these words in the Bible, and it's kind of come to just mean Jesus' story. But what is a parable, really? And we kind of talked about kind of how it contrasts with a fable, which, you know, a fable is like a story about the ant and the grasshopper and saving up food for winter and... Um, and you like some moral story that isn't true to learn something. The difference with a parable is, is usually the story is, is really realistic. It's about it's about something that you could imagine happening to people, as opposed to ants and grasshoppers talking to each other as they're gathering food, and. So Jesus is kind of telling these stories to kind of help us understand. So, what is God like? What is what are you like? How do you relate to God? What are you supposed to do? And he kind of puts these in in these manageable stories, but they're not always understandable. What, what, and we, we talked about that a little a little bit too. Like sometimes like they don't they don't make any sense. Like like he you really have to explain them. But um, what do you like? What do you, I, I know you've, you've, just over the last few weeks, just shown a lot, of, a lot of passion. What is it about the parables that you just like, I just love?
1: Man, I love the way that Jesus is a master question asker. He masters these stories, the way that he tells them and the way that he, to a specific audience, he draws this picture and is able to make points from it. Uh, it's just cool, man. I just love the way that Jesus... He's got these different you know, audiences that he's got a message he's trying to get to, and he has a way of going at it that is just genius.
0: And the interesting thing for me is how, um, again, like the very first one that we, we talked about, we've, we've, we've been around for a couple thousand years now as Christians, and we've, we're familiar with this story, but he goes out, and he, the very, one of the very first ones he tells is, you know, it's, it's a little bit like this guy. He was a farmer. He had some seed. He threw some... On the rock and of course it didn't do any, on the path and didn't do anything. Birds come and snatch it. He threw some in thorns. It kinda grew a little bit. He threw some in rocks. It didn't grow very much either, but he threw some in good soil and it grew a lot. And that's it. Yeah. That, that's that's all that he said. And so many of them are just like that. You know, it's it's a little bit like somebody who's trying to make unleavened bread and you hide some yeast in there. That's what that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. Mm. Man, thanks. Thanks for that. I mean, like these, these things by themselves, they don't really... And so we, I think we talked about this in one of our little midweek deals. Maybe we just kind of talk about it again. Why would Jesus seemingly talk in riddles as opposed to just being really straightforward?
1: Yeah, he, uh, he's got something. To, that day that we talked about it, I, you shed some light on it. I, I always thought about it, again, just the genius way that Jesus is sharing things. There's, there's a timing of when he's revealing himself. And there's some groups that he's, you know, very straightforward. Some the people who come ask later, it seems that he gives, you know, explanation to that group. But the, the kind of code that's out there leaves the opportunity for somebody to walk away and say, I really don't care to get that right. explanation of that.
0: He's trying to make us work a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I, think that's, I think that's some of the beauty of it is, is that I think, I think one of the things that God really wants from us is pursuit. He wants us to pursue Him, and, 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 and he, wants, he wants us to demonstrate faith, and He wants us to take these steps. And he, like, some of this, is, it's difficult to understand. And I think one of the things about sometimes when we're reading or studying the Scriptures, sometimes that it isn't as easy to understand as we want. We consider that like a, like a bug when really it's a feature. Hmm. It's, it's, it's something where God is trying to, to draw us in, and as I was thinking about maybe what, what I wanted us to kind of talk about today, I think one of, these, one of these features that may feel like a bug or something that's kind of wrong with it is these really contrasting pictures I think we've gotten even just over the last six weeks about what God is like. Hmm. So we have these six, these six stories we've looked at, and and each one of these six stories, God, repre- God is represented by one of these characters. And so he's trying to communicate something about God through through these stories. But then if we were and, and in each individual week, like if you just come on one Sunday, you come on one Sunday, you come up here, and one of us standing here, and you're like, duh, 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 and then this is what God is like, and you're like, oh, that was so great, I learned something cool about God. And then and if you're paying it, but if you're paying attention though, no offense.
1: <laughs>
0: if you're um, if you're paying attention um, and you come a few weeks in a row you 'll realize
1: oh, that 's different
0: that 's very that 's very different so i i 've kind of got them all listed here so the first one we talked about uh, the parable of the sower he 's out there he 's just he 's like he 's like a sower like a farmer who 's just throwing seed really erratically right. he 's not he 's not, he's got, he's got seed and rather than putting it all in the place where he knows it 's going to grow he just throws it haphazardly everywhere knowing some of it 's going to get eaten by the birds what is what is what does that well, tell us about God?
1: That that good news like he's not holding it back and it makes sense to me that he would go hey there's the good soil but he is just he is just spreading it. Yeah, he, is, to yeah, he is all hears. He is
0: generously giving of himself to people that he knows won't receive it. He is not just simply, you know, I'm just only going to show love to the people who I know are going to give me love in return i'm going to show my love i'm going to give my gospel i'm going to give it to everyone even knowing that it's not going to come come back to me
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so we see this picture of an overwhelming generous god okay then we talked about the unforgiving servant and in this one this servant owes the um, owes this king i mean billions of dollars and the king is god in this he, and 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 he's about to he's calling his debts and he's about to throw him in debtor's prison, but the guy says, please, 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 please. And, and the God figure in this forgives the debt completely. But then the dude who has his debt forgiven goes out and is, does not show that same sort of compassion to somebody else, doesn't, forgive, it, doesn't give it a, forgive a smaller debt. And so then the king gets really upset and takes the first dude and, and then throws him in debtor's prison. And essentially the basic idea is God's forgiven you a lot. You should forgive people too. Mm-hmm. What do we learn about God? What, what do we learn about the God character from that story?
1: I mean, first, just the cool picture that he, he is forgiving. Mm-hmm. And then the expectation that the one that's forgiven acts as one who has been forgiven. Which, that's just a theme that I caught, you know, through all of these stories. There's this incredible love of God for all people. But then there's this expectation. Because a lot of these stories, you know, he's, uh, the figure has gone away and, and for a time. Uh, that the, the people are responsible for what they do with what they've been given for a time. So there's an accountability, but then there's also this incredible love that we just got through singing about, you know?
0: Yeah, so, yeah, so then the next one I was going to talk about is one you were just saying, the parable of talents. So in the, in the one we just talked about, this guy has, has been given all of this resources and essentially just loses all of it. And the king chooses to forgive the entire debt. In the parable of the talents, a, a very similar a very similar figure, not necessarily a king. In some in some tellings of it, it's a king, some of it's just a, a rich master. He gives he gives money to some of his servants, just like in this one. And he goes away for a time and he comes back and one person has doubled doubled it and he gets rewarded. Another person's doubled it, he gets rewarded. The other person, he didn't lose it. He didn't lose it. He still had it. And, 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 and the king gets really angry with him. So we've got, we've got this one story here of a servant who has been given all of this wealth and a responsibility and just loses it completely. And the king is still. and forgives it. We've got this one guy who has a little bit, doesn't lose it, but doesn't do anything with it. And he is seemingly, he punishes him. He's, he's harsh with him. And it's God in both of those. So now you're going to be the theologian for the day. and I'm just going to walk <laughs> yeah, off and you're going to try, to try to explain to me what on earth does that mean? Well, how, how do we reconcile these, what seemingly two very different pictures of the way that God is interacting with his people?
1: Well, I mean, in each, in each story, we do have to think that there was an audience and he had a specific point he was trying to make. Mm-hmm. And so in the one, I mean, he's got the point, hey, man, you've been forgiven much. Forgive much. This is the way God works. In this other story, I mean, He's saying, "Hey, you've been given much. Now, do something with it. Risk. Go. You know, don't don't just don't just sit on it." Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I think that it can coexist because in the two the last two weeks, we've looked at two different stories directed at two different audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, one that He would say to His disciples, but this other that He would give to the the. Tax collectors and sinners and scribes and Pharisees, and um, so two different audiences
0: need two completely different, different different, message, yeah. different messages. That's really good because I, th- I think sometimes what we want is we want God to be a lot more simple than what He is, and so God is either this overwhelmingly generous, forgiving teddy bear, or He is a harsh, angry old man. With lightning bolts ready to smite people. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and, and depending on our background and depending on where we come from, kind of our first impressions about God, maybe even, not to get too psychological here, maybe even our own perception of our own dad, what we believe God to be typically falls into one of those two categories. Mm-hmm. We just say, well, I just, when I think of God, I just think God is love. And when people say that, what they often mean is, no 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 judgment of any type, no, no no restrictions, nothing but just nothing but just you can do whatever you want and he doesn't care and he just and he and he loves you and he loves you no matter what. Or we just have this picture of a God who is just constantly analyzing your every move and it's disappointed in everything that you could everything that you're doing wrong. And it's either one or the other.
1: And whole groups are built on either end of that
0: right and, yeah. so, and so then we all huddle up together in churches where yeah. we believe in just one of these particular deals but the reality of it is I mean Jesus tells stories that represent kind of bits of both of these imperfect descriptions
1: mm.
0: and he weaves it together in a way that you know it kind of it, it, it breaks our molds of what God, God really is is there a thread, is there a way for us to pull those two, two pieces together of the, the overwhelmingly generous, forgiving, and then the, for lack of a better word, kind of the, the, the harsh master who makes, gives a very strict accountability for their people's lives? Is there a way to weave those two together, you think?
1: And if you can figure that out that would be awesome. (laughs) Write that book. (laughs) (laughs) Write that book. No, I think it's the tension we feel here every Sunday and in small groups and anything that we do is communicating clearly how big the love of God is and what it means that Jesus died for our sins and, you know, all of that. And not but you do something, but and he expects that we go on with him. And sin was a big deal. Jesus had to, had to spill his blood for it. It, it matters. God, God doesn't like sin. You shouldn't like sin either. If you repent, there should be... So that, that move on, and it just feels like being able to walk in that balance. I mean, he does it masterfully. Right. You know, it's, it feels like there's always that tension and that struggle. You know, parenthood has probably been the yeah. place that God has used to teach me the most and just struggle as a daddy trying to figure out how to be both, how to love big, and at the same time to have expectations and, and challenge and encourage and try to move on to not just exist but to, to be something, you know. Right. And that's and to do things right and to treat people right. And to, and those two things, you know, <laughs> I feel like I mess up every day. Like I don't know how to do that well.
0: Yeah, I, I say that I say this to dads a lot, especially new dads or dads that are struggling with parenting is that typically dads will fall into one of those same two kind of deals. Like if you go into like a house, like, 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 a, like the dad is usually the strict one or the fun one. And so the, the, the strict one in that situation is let's say that mom's been with the kids all day and they've been acting crazy. And then eventually this, this thing is said is like, all right, well, you just wait till your dad gets home. And then dad gets home and mom tells the story and dad just comes in with whatever amount of rage and justice, you know, vengeance or whatever the dad comes in on the kids for making their mom crazy, right? And so he's the strict one. He's the one you don't mess with. You can take advantage of mom, but dad's going to come in with the judgment, right? Or the dad is the fun one. So mom is managing the kids well, making sure everybody's eating vegetables and cleaning their rooms and those kinds of things. And then dad gets home and it's like, oh, well, vegetables, come on, mom, it's fine. They can eat their candy first, it doesn't matter. We can stay up a little bit longer and all of this like very precise, excellent parenting that has been going on for a a season of time is completely undone by the nice one, the fun one, right? Right? And my encouragement to, to, to guys has always been to kind of bring both of those things together. Is it possible to be the strict one and the fun one? Yeah. Which is kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. Which again is what this picture is. Which is why I think that fatherhood really is like one of the primary images that God has given to try to describe himself. He is like a father. And you can't do it. I, I can't do it. I can't hold those two things in tension very well. But obviously God does. I mean, but I understand it enough. It's, it's not like my kids, I, mean, I guess I probably do confuse my kids sometimes. I don't mean to. But by and large, I probably don't. I think they know both things to be true. Mm-hmm. That there is nothing that I could do that would separate me from the love of my dad who would sacrifice everything for me. And don't mess with him. Mm-hmm. Right I mean it's, it's not confused it's not confusing when you think about it with a dad or a, a boss that you really enjoy but somehow we get it a little bit we get a little bit weird about it with God like we can't imagine that God is like he would give you he has given you everything he sacrificed his son for you he has given you life he loves you and there's nothing that you can do that could tear you away from the love of God that you have in Jesus Christ Romans 8 um and um, you have a legitimate responsibility to live life a certain way, and God has expectations of you. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're both true. Is there, is there any piece of advice you would give, like say, uh, to to just us in general of how to apply that? How do how do we apply that that idea? How do we how can we hold those things together?
1: I, th- I think personally, um, feeling like when I wake up in the morning. <clears throat> that there is a God that I'm responsible to, that I that I love, and if I if I fully embrace what He's done in me, and then ask, there's a compulsion that comes from that. If we sink deep into how much He loves us, there is an automatic mm-hmm. kind of uh, desire to please, uh, a desire to to take that and share it with somebody else. There's there's something that happens in us if we just think deeply about it. But I, I don't know. I, I think we don't think deeply enough. I know I say that a lot, but yeah. we just kind of talk about it and then we roll on. And because we're not marinating on you know, the love of God and what He does expect of us, then we just get caught up and so busy with life that we, that we miss it.
0: I think that's really good. I mean, basically, I think a lot of us kind of grew up in a place or maybe still just kind of believe as we think about God that my primary response to God is to be afraid of him. And the more I think about how big and scary and how serious the judgment of God is or can be, the more I recognize I need to worship and follow and love this God. I think what you're saying is kind of the opposite, which is the more I think and drink and just kind of take in this idea of the overwhelming love of God that he shows by giving us life, by giving us his son Jesus, by offering us forgiveness. The more and more I think about that love, the more I will respect him and want to follow him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, 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 I think, I think we've, we've flipped it, you know.
1: It, I'm sorry. <clears throat> and we don't think about eternity very often. I mean, these stories definitely, you know, bring this picture of God is. I mean, there's, there's a time frame. And... He's coming again, and we because we just don't think about that, we don't feel the accountability that hey there's I'm going to face him right and what I've done with these days it really it really does matter and right. so um, because we don't think about that, then we forget to, that there's any accountability at all that's good
0: and I think one of the biggest challenges that we have, and that obviously I, th- I believe that Jesus understood. But he did the, the best, not the best that he could, the best anyone could, is that you really can't describe God in human terms. And as try as we as try, I mean if, if, if Jesus can't fully accomplish it, then it really can't be. But I think we have this image in our head that God is the perfect human. I mean, obviously that's what Jesus was, but even in Jesus being the perfect human, he had a divine nature and was God and had qualities that we don't have. But I think we think we, again. It's like the old man with the beard on the cloud. It's like, like my, like the best things of all my grandpas. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman.
1: <laughs> Always. <laughs> this is what you just. Described, man, I was right? just about to make a really good
0: point, and then you said Morgan Freeman. Yeah, I mean, so and, and so in, in movies like that, we say something for people older than us with George Burns, even, mm-hmm. right? That's it's what's even older, right? We have these pictures, and it's like it's like this, the the, the, the like the, the kindest old man or the this ideal wise person, and it's like, or I think about me, it's like if I were the best me that I could be, that's what God is like. But it's just not, and that's why some of these stories are just ridiculous. A farmer just throwing seed, wasting seed, is dumb. Uh, a king that would lend out ten billion dollars, much less forgive that debt. A dad who would give his son his inheritance, basically let his son say, "I wish you were dead." Give me money. Like no, 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 dad would do that. All, they, they, these pictures. They, they don't make sense. Like I can't imagine even the best person I know doing that because God doesn't operate and think like a person. He is bigger and greater. And I think that's one of the things, in addition to kind of helping us understand this tension between the unconditional love of God and the accountability from God, I think what Jesus is also trying to do is just shatter are incomplete pictures of God. We've put God in a box. So you think At the point in which you think, I understand what God is like. This is what God is. This is what God does. This is how God works. This is how He operates in my life. I mean, you'll eventually either read something or you'll experience something in your life that's going to blow up that box. There isn't a box that God fits in. But the thing that I think that we... But we, 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 we draw so much safety and comfort from the box. I, I know what God's like. Mm. At the point at which I feel like, man, I feel like that God's incomprehensible. Well, now it's not. God's not something that I understand. And if God's not someone I can understand, then God's not someone I can control. And, and Jesus is just constantly expanding our picture and our understanding of how amazing and how great God is. And I think that's the thing that I've enjoyed about this, and we'll continue to um, over the next few weeks as we, um, as we continue through the parables. And so I just encourage you, uh, whether you're at home or you're here, to just spend some time just kind of reflecting on, on the greatness and awesomeness of God. And if you've put God in one of these boxes where God is only this cuddly teddy bear or God is only this, this strict, angry disciplinarian, to allow God to help you kind of put both of those things together... And then maybe just spend some time just meditating and reflecting and praying and just thinking about what are the boxes that I've put around God? Where is it that I've just made God a little too small? Because we've faced some big challenges over the last few months. We are facing big challenges now and will for a while it would seem. And there is no small God that is going to be able to carry us through. So let's just ask God now just to to deepen our understanding of how big and awesome He is. Let me pray.